Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone. For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for June 21, the day of the solstice. For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, welcome to the first day of winter. For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, remember, now the days are only going to get shorter. And now, the news. China wants to be in a position to dominate the global market for electric cars, and the Chinese government is offering subsidies of $7,700 for plug-in hybrids and over $9,000 for electric cars. It's also putting in lots of public charging stations in five cities to encourage EV ownership. But in China, like everywhere else in the world, consumers don't seem to be that interested in hybrids, plug-ins, or battery electrics. China AutoWeb reports that of the 10,000 alternative vehicles sold in the country last year, only 800 went to private owners. The rest went to government or corporate-sponsored showcase programs. So why aren't people buying? Because despite the incentives, electric cars still cost too much and are inconvenient to use on a daily basis since they spend so much time recharging. Chrysler has been at the bottom of Consumer Reports reliability and road test scores the last several years, but the magazine just recently tested eight of its 2011 models and says its cars are improving. Scores for the Durango, Charger, and Town and Country have improved significantly and are now comparable to some of its competitors. However, they did not recommend the vehicles because they're too new to have data on reliability. And Consumer Reports says it was not impressed with the 200, the Avenger, Compass, Journey, or Patriot. Even though there are improvements, they say these vehicles are still mediocre overall. And when J.D. Power releases findings from its initial quality study later in the week, Ford might drop in the standings. Last year, the company led all non-luxury makers, but this year, things may change because of complaints about Ford's MyTouch infotainment system and its new PowerShift transmission, a dual-clutch trans that uses a dry clutch on the Focus and Fiesta. Consumers have complained that the MyTouch system is distracting and complicated, and they say the PowerShift transmission is jerky and unreliable, especially at low speeds. A spokesman from Ford says the transmission issues have been fixed, and we'll let you know how Ford does once J.D. Power's results are announced. Honda announced that it wants to cut CO2 emissions from all of its global products by 30% by the year 2020. This not only includes its cars, but also products like motorcycles and power products. In addition, Honda also aims to reduce CO2 during production and its supply chain as well for all of its corporate activities. The company also unveiled a new environmental slogan, Blue Skies for Our Children. The slogan will be used with Honda's internal and external environmental activities and communications around the world. Saab stopped its assembly lines at its factory in Trollhattan, Sweden, again, as it negotiates with suppliers. It plans to return to normal production the first week of July. Short-term financing is a big issue for Saab, 
it's looking into selling its factory and then leasing it back in order to raise enough cash to keep those assembly lines rolling. According to Bloomberg, it's estimated the company owes some 300 million kroner, that's about $47 million, to its suppliers. But you gotta wonder how much longer this company can go on operating like this. Mini just released photos and information on its latest model, a two-door, two-seat coupe. By ditching the almost useless back seat, the car gains valuable cargo space. Beyond this big change, the coupe version, see coupe or coupe, you can say it anyway, is also the first Mini with a three-box design. Check out that profile. See what I mean? It sits 52 millimeters lower than the regular version of the car, and it features an aerodynamic spoiler that pops up at 50 miles an hour. Under the bonnet, it offers an array of four-cylinder engines, including three gasoline-powered units and one diesel. Output ranges anywhere from 122 horsepower for the base gas burner to 211 for the John Cooper's Works edition. No word yet on pricing or availability, so stay tuned. And coming up next, it's time for You Said It. I got this one, old man. For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. And now it's time for some of your feedback. Ron Paris saw our report on the new Nissan Versa, which traded off a few miles per gallon for more interior room. He says, kudos to Nissan for designing a B-segment car with decent interior room, even if the trade-off is three MPGs. When I open the rear door of a Ford Fiesta or peer into the rear seat area of the Fiat 500, my first thought is why even bother to put a back seat in these cars when no one in his right mind would want to sit there for more than a mile. <laughs> you know, Ron's right. Eking out that last mile per gallon can involve trade-offs that limit the usefulness of a car. Rick saw the story on how several suppliers are jumping into the market to make turbochargers due to strong demand and worries. I think a lot of folks out here have valid concerns about the turbo trend. Are manufacturers talking about the long-term projected reliability of these new force-fed engines? Yep, Rick, they are. They say that today's turbo engines with better oil cooling and better materials should have a long life. That's what they say. Mark is wondering about tax policies when it comes to exporting vehicles. He says, you mentioned that the new M5 may be less in the U.S. than in Europe because of the value-added tax, the VAT that would be waived when it's exported here. This has always bugged me. How is the VAT not considered an unfair trade practice? I know the VAT applies to consumers in Europe, but aren't they really just subsidizing the exporting of cars? Mark, yes. The value-added tax in Europe or the commodity tax in Japan absolutely make it cheaper to export any product, not just cars. But trade organizations ruled years ago that this is not an unfair trade practice. The U.S. has never seriously considered using this kind of tax policy. And while the U.S. does impose a small import tax on most vehicles, it does not offset the advantage of the VAT or commodity taxes. Meridart watched Bob Lutz on the most recent Autoline Detroit and just loved one of his lines. Where do I sign up for a whiskey-flavored crest? LOL, what a great line. And if none of that makes any sense to you, go watch the show. 
Tyler Brandon Hardwick saw episode 666 of Outline Daily and says, you should have kept the devil voice for the entire episode. I increased the bass and modified the equalizer on my computer to fit the episode number. You sound like someone you don't want to mess with. No, you don't want to mess with the devil. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. You better be here tomorrow.